Welcome to the fourth episode of House Call, a podcast dedicated to the subject of hospital at home. In the previous episodes, we've heard from people who have a direct role in the delivery of hospital home services, but this time we will hear from those who support service change from a strategic development and quality improvement point of view. During the discussion, we'll hear about Aberdeenshire's work on improving pathways for their frail older population and how hospital at home is a crucial part of this. We'll hear about the importance of reflecting on patient experience, the role communication plays in service change, and how the pandemic has affected ways they're working. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and let's dive straight in. Welcome, John, Denise, and Amy, to our House Call podcast on all things hospital at home. Before we start on the discussion, I wondered if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourselves, explaining a little bit about uh, your roles, how they kind of differ, but also how they uh, complement each other. I'll hand that one over to Amy. Great start. He just pings it back over to me. That's how we work so well together. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Amy Richard. I'm a strategic development officer within the Aberdeenshire Health and Social Care Partnership. Generally, our role is around strategic development, strategic planning, and specifically for the partnership, how we deliver on the requirements of our overall strategic plan. So we have four main priorities within that plan, which we aim to deliver within the between 2020 and 2025 and specifically for hospital at home two of those are around prevention and early intervention and reshaping care so the role of my team is to sort of plan out how we would go about doing that and then how we support teams to put that into to action and then improvement in QI is, is an element of that which John then supports us with. Thank you Amy, that brings me in nicely. My name's John Reid, I'm a Continuous Improvement Officer with Aberdeenshire Health and Social Care Partnership and as Amy said her team are responsible for the thinking bit of it and my team are responsible for the kind of doing bit of it so we provide the on-the-ground support to the teams who will actually be doing the work using the, the QI approach and very wonderfully we've got Denise in now to help us with that. So I'm Denise Kerr, also Continuous Improvement Officer uh, within the team and yeah I think a lot of the role is sort of facilitating discussion and moving forward the areas of priority that are sort of identified within those discussions. That's great, thank you, thank you all. And I wonder now actually if we could just get into the the detail of perhaps the work you do and if we could start by maybe talking about how you've used quality improvement to support your hospital at home team to improve or, or change how it delivers care. Sure. Um, when I was involved with the project at the start, we started with our aim, which came from the Scottish Government. So we were told we had to do something around the, the hospital at homework. So using the QI approach, we got together our team of brains and we started with a driver diagram based on the, the high level aim that we had. And that driver diagram gave us some of the ideas and the, the mapping of what we had to have in place. And that was really the foundation of the work that came out of that. I can get further into it later on, but obviously we used the, the, the measurement as well to, to demonstrate that what we were doing was actually going to make a difference and was making a difference. And we were fortunate enough that while we couldn't get the Freely pathway entirely up and running as quickly as we would have liked, we were able to run a test of change on a very similar process, which we, we can explain more about that later. Perhaps then when you talk about those early stages looking at 
driver diagrams measurement. Who are you involving in those early discussions, particularly around maybe you know what you wanted to measure for your service? I think what's been really useful for us as a sort of supporting element is the leadership that we've had and the involvement that we've had from our community teams. I think it's been a really challenging time to be doing a piece of work like this during the pandemic, but we've had a really strong core group with leadership from one of our partnership managers and different elements of clinical and operational teams involved in that so that they can have a good starting point for discussions in how we approach things and then we support them to take that forward. We were also able to pinch with pride from the work that Aberdeen City had done as well um, and so some of the measurement was ideas that they had already came up with as, as being relevant to this pathway and so we adapted it slightly but we, we did follow the, the benefits mapping process which again I can explain more about later. And you, you talked about test of change and how you were able to actually dive into those pretty quickly. I wonder if you could actually kind of walk us through an example of supporting team to go through a test of change and what your kind of experience was of that. We started with putting a group of care managers actually into the, the discharge hub in Aberdeenshire Royal Infirmary and we mapped out what it was they needed to do. We completed the, the PDSA paperwork with what the aim of this test of change was. We just followed the process there. We got the team familiar with the process because some of them were new to it. So we had to do a wee bit of background training and explaining what it was we were doing and why we were doing it this way. We got them familiar with the idea of measuring what it was they were doing and projecting what they thought the outcomes would be and matching that against their, their measurements and so on. And that was really useful because it gave the team control over the process, as it were. They felt supported. They felt as if there was there was a system in place to help them navigate this brave new world that they were in. And as always, we came across some issues which you would expect. That there was issues around technology. There was issues around access to information. There was issues around even space, getting space to put down a computer and so on. So all of these things we worked through following this process and as I say it gave the team a huge amount of comfort that these things were expected as we were going through it so they didn't feel overwhelmed at any point because at each stage we were reassuring them that yeah we're aware of this we'll overcome it and as I say it worked out really well and Denise has been working closely with that team in recent weeks and she could perhaps give you a, a wee bit of an update on where they're at with that. So the test change is coming to a close and um, so the next few weeks are going to be focused on looking at the information that has been collected during that time. I think it gives a huge insight into the impact that it's had in such a short amount of time. The, the amount of people that have gone through the pathway and have you know, successfully gone home with the support package has been phenomenal really. And it's going to be great to, to see that information come together and, and be able to be presented and, and show show the true impact of what the service will and, and give a, a sort of view to the future. You talked there about the time you had almost kind of training staff in QI to help them be really involved in every step. I wondered, just given the kind of busyness of everyone, how you kind of overcame that challenge of trying to have you know, quality time with staff to do QI work? First of all, we got the staff by 
looking for volunteers to do it. So if you've got volunteers, you've, you're already halfway there rather than press ganging people into it. So the staff had volunteered to do it because they had an interest in this piece of work particularly. And they were really keen to know how you would use a QI approach to do this because, as I say, it was new to them. So that was the starting point. We made it a priority for the organisation to do this as well. We were really keen because we could see the benefits in the long term of this approach so it was a kind of strategic aim that we were working to as well and so making it that priority getting the staff who were enthusiastic at the start was a big plus because they made time they made themselves available we did go through as some staff got involved in it it turned out that they maybe didn't have the amount of time that they thought they would so we swapped them out for other people who perhaps had had more time or were able to give more of their their work life to it and that has really worked handsomely and again it goes back to the enthusiasm you need the enthusiasm of the staff to undertake this to really make the difference and that's what we're finding now these these the people who are doing it are now talking to their colleagues about how good the QI approach is so we're starting to spread the message out which is ultimately what we're hoping to do. Very true, very true. Um, and perhaps that also links to a, a question I might come on to later a little bit about sustaining those kind of changes and, and those improvements. But you mentioned uh, as well about understanding impact using data. And I wonder for the kind of test of change you've completed, what was it like accessing data? I know for many teams, sometimes it's a battle between what they'd like to measure but what's practical and then that kind of question of whether you want to invest time in kind of man manual data to capture or just rely on what's already recorded through electronic systems so i wonder if you wouldn't mind maybe explaining a little bit about the kind of data you've used in your tests of change and your good and your bad experiences with that sure uh, we've actually got two separate there's two separate work streams here we've got the test of change which we're, because of the limited access we have to shared systems at the minute, we're relying on a, a spreadsheet. And basically we're looking at the feedback from the patients once they're discharged as our primary focus. But we're also looking at the time it takes to get them through the system, as it were, you know, to get them through the process. For the actual frailty pathway work, once that's properly up and running, we'll be able to pull all of the data that we need from, I think it's Trackia, yeah. We will use that to be able to pull the reports automatically because we've set that up. And again, we'll be looking at some of the things that are really important to proving that the pathway actually works, like the patient location at 90 days to make sure they're not bouncing back and forward again. We'll be looking at the qualitative and quantitative information that we're getting from surveys of the patients and the carers but also looking at the medical results as well to demonstrate whether it's working or not the problems we've had around it was the initial spreadsheet we did for the test of change was too wieldy or too unwieldy i should say we were trying to capture more information than we actually needed so we did it for a wee bit we reviewed it we thought not too much and we trimmed it down again and just made it more relevant to the steps of the process rather than the good to know things which were kind of clogging up our work. But for the main frailty pathway measurement, as I say, this is already up and running in Aberdeen City. So they've done the test to change around that. They know that works. So that information will just be pulled immediately from the system once we've got all the staff in place to start properly taking patients through it. 
that's a very good uh, example of how even looking at measurement is almost a test of change in itself and the, the difference no doubt could do an entire episode on the difference between uh, data for improvement versus for you know for research for academia so that's very good points there i was very interested in you mentioning that you would use feedback from patients i wonder if you have quite a kind of tangible example of seeing feedback from a patient or patients and then kind of responding to that looking to do something differently i think maybe what we've done with the the test of changes we've got the admin people to contact the patients and the patients carers once they're through the process and denise is in the process of collating that information once we gather that and we have enough data we'll then analyze it and make any changes to the the process to, to meet those customer requirements or to meet the patient requirements. So it is an ongoing piece of work at the minute. We had some issues in getting the admin staff trained up on how to, to go through the survey questions. And obviously this was a whole new way of doing it when they had to phone people. The admin staff were no use to doing that. So there was a bit of training which kind of delayed that side of things. But we're in the process of getting that information. As, and as I say, as soon as we get that, then we'll be reviewing it and taking the actions necessary, if, if indeed there is any. Hopefully they'll all say it was smashing and that'll be the end of it. Absolutely. Now that's, uh, that's very interesting because people are always very interested in the real practical steps teams are going through. And you explain there, I guess, how that patient feedback is captured. I wonder if you could perhaps just elaborate a little bit really on that, the practicality of obtaining patient feedback and and how obviously it's incredible valuable but time consuming i mean are you are you looking to get patient feedback from all patients or are you actually getting a percentage because we recognize that it is a time consuming part of improvement well for the test of change the the numbers aren't huge i don't think although denise is working closer on that than, than i am at the minute but the the process would be the admin team will be notified that a patient has gone through the pathway and that's as soon as they're notified that sets the clock running on how quickly they need to contact the patient and get that feedback because obviously the longer you wait the less relevant the experience is to the patient so we're trying to do it within I think three days from the point of discharge so Denise lets the admin team know the admin team then call the patient if they can't get a hold of them they try again they get permission if it's if it's not the patient who answers the phone so we've got a whole process around the practical steps of how they do that we then gather the feedback and the admin team feeds that back to denise who then collates the information and reports it back to the team so we're process bunnies there's a process for everything oh, that's great uh, and as i said i just think people are really interested in the real kind of practical steps teams take to to do the qi work to capture that information particularly when it comes to, to patient feedback which as i said isn't incredibly valuable i wonder if i could ask about again that kind of practical steps of working with the teams you know kind of bringing them together if and how that's been affected in the last kind of couple of years usually with qi work it's great you get people in a room you get to kind of have that kind of physical space you know has that been possible or have you had to almost kind of um, invent new ways of, of doing the qi work oh it's been inventing new ways really for most of the time i mean um, we were really lucky in that our admin team can do the can gather the, the feedback for the test of change for the main frailty pathway. That system is already up and running, as I say, um, colleagues in Aberdeen City are taking responsibility for that. But in the longer term, we are already trying to look at how we can take that job 
from them should we need to going forward. And again, it may be that we can utilize our admin teams to gather that feedback, but we've tried to automate it as much as possible in terms of being able to pull the reports from TrackCare. But because this all happened so quickly in the middle of a pandemic, that actually helped, I think, because people were used to learning new things and working differently on very short notice. So I think there would have been more resistance had we done this in a more calm time period. You know, we, we almost benefited from people's willingness to change and do things differently because there was no resistance, really. People maybe didn't understand the QI approach initially, and that was just a case of reinforcing the message every time we were meeting, trying to explain what it start with the end in mind, explaining why we were using this approach and what the benefits would be in the long term rather than just throwing the spaghetti at a wall and seeing which bits stuck. So, yeah, I think it, rather than being detrimental, the whole lockdown situation actually helped us. Thank you very much. And I wonder, because obviously you've had sort of huge successes, but equally it's it's really useful to learn from things that, that didn't go well. I mean, I think especially with QI work, there's a huge amount of things that you try and it doesn't quite work. And that's the whole point of test of change and you try something different. I wonder, you know, especially for those areas that are just kind of embarking on their own development and you've obviously been through a whole lot of experience. What kind of lessons have you learned? Maybe even the things that, you know, maybe you wish you'd done a little bit differently or in hindsight, you kind of learned so much that if you were to go through again, you'd try in a slightly different way. I, again, I think probably the biggest lesson is you can never communicate too much. Communication of your aim, your purpose, your approach, your updates need to be absolutely on point and regular. Even now, unfortunately, we're still getting some staff saying, what's this freely pathway work you're doing? I've never heard of it. Now, this is despite emails going out every week, fed through team managers and everything. We even made a wee video to explain what the pathway was so there can never be enough communication and if I'm if I was to learn anything from this it would possibly be to try as many different ways of communicating your message to staff as possible so the video is one way the emails are another if we could even invent new ways of communicating or communicating to staff in a different way I'm not sure how we would do that yet but that's the age-old question about QI isn't it how do you get this message across. That would probably be the single biggest thing. And secondly, is take nothing for granted because there were certain times where we thought we had everything in place and the sand shifted within a week and we lost either a consultant geriatrician or we thought we had maybe NHS 24 on board to do parts of it or to help us with parts of it and that was not entirely what their understanding was. So the constant shift in sands was something that we we learned very early on not to take for granted until it was completely nailed down. Thanks, John. So again, touching on some of those challenges you experience when trying to develop a new service, you know, doing QI work, I wonder if you'd mind sharing some of the challenges you're, you've either experienced or, or are experiencing now for Aberdeenshire and the kind of ways you're looking to maybe deal with those? Yeah, so I think I think what's important to kind of note is that we've got, this is the work that we're doing around hospital at home is in the context of a, a wider system change within our frailty pathway within Aberdeen Royal Infirmary and we're working very closely with colleagues in, in the city and acute to do that. Um, so there has been a process of organisational change that that's involved and we've worked closely together to look at, you know, how can we deliver in our local area, which is where we've been really supported to look at hospital at home and take that forward. 
much like other areas, I think workforce is a big challenge and our organisational change process certainly allowed us to, to access some staff, but it didn't allow us to access the amount of staff that we would have liked to be able to deliver the whole hospital at home service that we were looking to do in the first instance. So we've had to really think on our feet, change our plans and move to implementation of a smaller model in the first instance so that we can make sure that we've got sufficient staffing to provide a really kind of safe and robust model going forward. So that's certainly been a challenge. I think we're also challenged in in the northeast around clinical and geriatrician cover which makes it difficult to do the model. So I think it's we have a, a real buy-in from senior leadership and certainly from Grampin as a whole that we move in this direction, but we need the people on the ground to be able to do that. As well as that, we had we've, the geography of Aberdeenshire as well can prove really troublesome in terms of getting staff from one area of Aberdeenshire to another where they need to be. But also we're using technology to, to help with this, with this process and things as easy as getting a mobile signal to run the iPad, for example, are things that maybe Aberdeen City and other areas of Scotland don't need to think about, but in the wilds of Aberdeenshire it absolutely is an issue. So we have to come up with a plan A, B and C for dealing with all of these things and that was where the QI approach really helped us because we, we were looking at what could possibly go wrong at each stage of the process and thinking through how we could mitigate any of the issues that we identified and that was how we managed to overcome them so quickly before it got to critical stage you know when we were actually on the ground doing it. Perhaps one of those examples of understanding a, a challenge working through it is there one particular example that you kind of have a positive experience of? Sure well for example with the the tech Amy currently has a house full of MiFi's which are we portable routers and we knew that the Vodafone signal across Aberdeenshire, which is the partnership's preferred mobile phone provider, isn't equal in all areas. So the idea of these MiFi's is that you can insert a SIM card from a different provider if you're in an area where you know that you're not getting a good Vodafone signal, for example, and that will allow you to connect all your devices in that area and use the devices the way they're intended. So this was, again, this was pension from work that had previously been done because our social work care managers face a similar issue when they were out dealing with their cases as well so we were building their knowledge of Aberdeenshire the the weak spots and where you get good signal and bad signal from their experience and that allows us to put the proper tech in the areas where it needs to be so again pinching with pride from work that's already been done and just tweaking it to make sure that we're not causing any issues when it comes to the time for us to go live and perhaps to bring the discussion to a close I wonder if you mind just explaining What's kind of next for Aberdeenshire? No doubt your long list as part of your service development. So as we sort of roll out in the first area, the central area, which is based in Inverurie, in, in terms of our, our focus, so getting the staff in place, um, refining the processes um, in terms of the support around the service and getting our first sort of test of change. So focusing on a smaller group of people going through the pathway. We hope to sort of get everything in place in the near future and and begin that test of change so that we can begin to sort of refine and advance the, the processes that we are, are trying to establish at the moment. So there is, there is issues with getting staff in other areas as well. So that process is currently ongoing. And, and as Denise said, once we've got the initial group up and running, we will be looking to 
expand it very quickly to other areas of Aberdeenshire where we've got the staff in place. But as far as the QI approach goes, again, thinking of the bigger picture, what we're trying to do is embed this idea of quality improvement into staff's everyday work so that we can then go back to them with different ideas or get them to, to generate different ideas of how they can do their job differently and measure that that those outcomes. The next stage really is to expand the knowledge of the QI approach and use the Frailty Pathway as an example of what can really be achieved in a short period of time using the QI methodology. Yeah, we have a really kind of ambitious approach to to what we need to develop in Aberdeenshire beyond hospital at home and our and our wider strategic plan. And I think you know we have some really keen staff on the ground who are wanting to take forward changes. So, like John says, I think it's supporting them to have the right environment to to take forward QI um, in smaller scale and larger scale, and ensure that we're moving forward with that overall aim. I think that's brilliant, and we look forward to working with you on this journey. I'll bring the discussion to a close there and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm not sure if this is the first time you've been part of a podcast, but if it is, then I hope you've enjoyed it, not found it too stressful. And thank you all for being open and and sharing your experience in Aberdeenshire. But for now, we'll say goodbye uh, and look forward to seeing people at the next one. Thank you very much. Thank you.